All right, here we go. Welcome back to Colin Does Electric, the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pinky Fractures. That's right, I'm talking about not taking the time to grab the right tool and just taking whatever's close by, using it as a hammer, and splitting your finger open right on the end of a metal conduit. But yeah, that's actually a true story. Uh, We were running some three-quarter conduit at one of the milk plants. Uh, We were way up high. I think I was on an eight-footer. My co-worker might have been on a six-footer. And we were up in the corner of the in the corner of the wall there and we were trying to slip our next piece of conduit uh onto our run and he was sort of leaning like way over a big piece of machinery trying to get get some leverage on it and i was on the other side trying to you know same thing reaching over a big piece of machinery way up high and uh the the pipe had actually it had a saddle in it and an offset so it wasn't just as easy as you know slipping a stick onto the coupling and just keep going so he had to sort of angle himself just right and get in the coupling, but it still just wasn't working out. So we had to give it a tap on the end to try to get it to, you know, seat in the coupling. But instead of getting off the ladder, grabbing a two by four, or grabbing a hammer or alignments or something that made more sense to sort of give it a tap on the end of the pipe, I just grabbed my tape measure off my pants and started hitting it with that, which is pretty dumb to begin with. And then, you know, give it a tap. That wasn't enough. So I was like, oh, well, I got I to gotta really slam on it. So I started hitting it pretty, pretty good, which is like, again, pretty stupid because now I'm going to end up busting my tape measure up, but you know, rushing and not thinking through. And then on the last swing, smack it, but I hit it just awkwardly enough because, you know, I'm reaching over this big crate stacker and I freaking slammed my pinky right on the end of the conduit, right on the nail, split it open, but God. So I want to introduce a history segment. I've asked the question, what and when was the first time electricity was used in a commercial building? After doing some digging and going down a bit of a rabbit hole, I've come up with the Pearl Street Station in in the Manhattan Financial District. This was the first commercial U.S. power station, and it was built by the Edison Illuminating Company. Uh, The station ran on coal for fuel, and it powered 600 kilowatt dynamos. Uh, A dynamo is a DC generator. Um, in case you didn't know, AC alternating current didn't really come into play until late 1886 in Buffalo, New York. And that was Westinghouse, Stanley, and Oliver B. Schallenberger. And of course, Tesla was involved in that. And this was all during the whole war of the currents between AC and DC, uh, you know, Tesla versus Edison. And like I said, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole on this. There's lots of information here and lots of cool history. So I think each episode I'll ask an historical question, obviously related to uh, electrical and mechanical stuff, uh, and bring a snapshot of it to the podcast. And also, uh, I'd like to read an article, actually, from the Boston Evening Transcript on September 12th, 1882, on this topic uh, of the first U.S. Central Power Station in New York. The Edison Electric System is at last in successful operation. And the inventor or inventors may now be congratulated under the triumph of one after years of patient labor, study, and experiment. On one afternoon last week, the giant dynamo engines at the central station on Pearl Street, New York, were started and a third of the territories assigned to the station was lighted by the incandescent apparatus. The sections included the premises bounded by Nassau, Pearl, Spruce, and Wall Streets, and at its extreme limits, Stan, Drexel, Morgan, and Co.'s building and the Times establishment. The lighting of the, of the latter is said to be, in all respects, satisfactory. The editorial rooms are supplied with 27 lamps, and 25 are set in the counting rooms. In each department, it was the experience that all unpleasant glare had been avoided, 
and one working under the light was entirely unconscious so far as his feelings were concerned, and he was aided by any artificial appliances. There was very little heat developed by the light. The inventor claims that it generates only a 15th as much as gas. The lights, moreover, were soft and warm. I gotta admit, reading that tiny print from that article from 1882 definitely wasn't that easy. <laughs> and so, yeah, the article goes on a little more to describe the lamps and the switching, but I thought I thought that was pretty cool. And if you guys have any questions you'd like to hear more about, definitely send them my way via Instagram, and I'll see what I can come up with. But I like the idea of uh, this history this history segment. All right, so since Diamondback just recently launched their ambassador program, which I'm so gladly a part of, um, and uh, along with their new website layout, I figured I was putting together uh, an order that I was going to send out for some new stuff. I figured might as well throw it on the podcast and do like a quick little uh, shopping cart segment. <laughs> um, so what I'll do is I'll run down. I got like five items here that I'm going to send away for. Um, so I figure I run down with them, let you guys know what I'm going to get and why I want to get it. Uh, the first one being the GK one pouch. Uh, that one's a pretty, pretty staple, um, Diamondback product. Uh, I want to get that, throw that on the front of the vest, the 701 vest. It's a nice big tape measure holder with a couple little extra, little extra like bit holders and I got the back pocket for it. You can slip like a torpedo level in there. Um, so I want to get that, throw that on the 701 vest to kind of make it easier to grab the tape measure when I'm up on ladders and stuff and have it a little more accessible. Uh, and then next up we got the, I want to get two of the mini sacks. I have a bunch of the DB sacks. Those are awesome, but I figured I'd grab a couple of the mini ones for like MC connectors or different Greenfield connectors, something that I don't want to necessarily fill up my pouch, my side pouch with, that I can just throw, clip that on, clip it off, and just have it ready to go. Um, so I'm going to throw those on there. I'm going to get two of those. Uh, the DB Go Light, I'm going to get that. I've been kind of having my eye on that for a while, uh, ever since uh, Damani had posted a bunch of stories when it first launched. It looks awesome. It's rechargeable. I think everything's pretty much going in that direction. Um, kind of beats having to replace and buy batteries all the time. I have the Milwaukee, uh, the Milwaukee Pen Light, which is great, but it's really not that bright. And like I said, you're every so often you're replacing batteries. This one's going to be nice. You just throw it on the charger. And you're good to go. All right, so I'm going to get that. And also, I think you clip it right on the front of the vest, too, which is pretty convenient. And then last but not least, uh, the Elias. I think I'm saying that right. The Elias 2.0 pouch. Uh, this is a pretty heavy-duty pouch. Um, definitely going to be the biggest one that I'm going to have because I have the Mini Nico already, and I have the Clavo, and I have the Slingshot. The Slingshot right now with the double clip on it. I think I posted a story about that. Um, I like that a lot, but I want to get one that's a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more going on. So that's why I picked this one. It's got four pockets, 10 slots and one loop. Every once in a while I have the hammer. That's going to be pretty convenient. Um, yeah, it's, it's more of a dominant side pouch, which I like. So I can throw extra tools in it if I'm, you know, if I have tin snips or if I have clamps I'm carrying, something that I typically don't have in the Mini Nico, I can throw it on that side and also have plenty of space for screws, fasteners. It's got the front magnet, which I like. I'm a big fan of the magnets. So pretty much all my stuff has a magnet on it. 
you know, including the chest on the on the uh, seven one vest. So yeah, this is gonna probably be the highlight of the shopping cart here. I'm really looking forward to that. And it has also the tape measure pouch. Well, it looks like it's uh, it's it might be a little bit too small for a tape measure. I'm not sure yet. It doesn't really say anything about that here. It looks like it, it's it look it calls it a chalkbox pouch. Um, but I think I can get away with either filling up with screws or a smaller tape measure. But that's kind of why, that's the thought behind the GK1. Anyways, I like having my tape measure on the front of the vest always pretty much. I just clip it right to it. But if you lean too far one way or the other, it kind of slips off. So this way I can have it nice and snug with the GK1 pouch. But yes, definitely looking forward to this Elias 2.0 pouch. It looks awesome. Um... Looking forward to the whole order, actually, but definitely this pouch. So, yeah, this is a quick rundown of what I'm looking to order from Diamondback. Uh, like I said, recently just got accepted into their new ambassador program. So awesome. Um, love those guys. Diamondback Mining, super cool guy. Chat with him a lot on Instagram. So, yeah, thanks for listening to this segment I call Shopping Cart. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe, download, all that stuff. Uh, definitely reach out to me with any feedback. Uh, I find that to be really helpful. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you guys have a great week.